Wake up, the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm super excited to come to you guys today. Good morning and welcome to the morning motivation. I'm your host, Brittany Daniel, where you get your daily dose of motivation. Now, this is now a Christian a Christian show. I'm not tiptoeing around religion, spirituality, none of that no more, okay? So uh, before we get into it today, if you are new and it's your first time, go ahead and drop it into the chat. Say good morning. And I'll explain to you guys my life-changing weekend, okay? I'm going to explain to you what happened to me this weekend, why I'm changed, why things are going to change in a positive way. Still going to be morning motivation, still going to be us. We're going to still kiki and chat, but I'm super excited to talk to you guys about what I experienced and what I plan to do moving forward. And we're going to read and continue to do the things that we've been doing. It's just going to be on another level. Okay. God is calling us. Uh, I was, we, I'm just going to explain it. So let's jump into the prayer. Going to do the morning shout outs. If this is your first time watching, go ahead and let me know where you're watching from in the live chat. And also just go ahead and load up the chats and get your morning shout outs so that I can acknowledge you. Um, if you guys did not know, there's a new Patreon that dropped last week on Friday. I didn't, I forgot to say that on Friday. So if you are one of my Patreon supporters, go ahead and drop that there. And I may just do I'll figure it out depending on the story I tell like today if I'm going to do more background on on my Patreon. So good morning, you guys. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you guys. Let's jump into the morning prayer and get straight into it. And yes, over here, we believe in Jesus and all of those things. But if you, you know, are still figuring it out, don't worry about it. You know, come on in, have a seat. You never know what you may hear or things like that. Everybody is welcome. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet. I pray that anything that is said touches the hearts and lives of your children and the people that are listening. I pray that you order our steps. I pray that we read your word and hear your voice on a daily basis and that we bring all the warriors that you have called forward to embark on this new journey you have in transforming them from the inside and out. I pray that anybody who is weary, who is discouraged, that needs a little help, hears my voice, brings forward, and then they could be a part of this journey along with us. I pray that we do everything pleasing in your sight and that we follow the steps of Jesus Christ in your darling son, Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, you guys. Okay. Let's do the shout outs and then we'll get straight into it. Okay. Good morning, such a lady. Happy Monday. Ow. Happy money. I'll take that too. Happy money. Happy Monday. <laughs> good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Miss. Uh, good morning, May. Good morning, lovely Capricorn. Ow. First time seeing your name, go ahead and drop it in the comments where you are listening from. Good morning. The weekend went by so fast, y'all. I had the best weekend ever. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Good morning, She Amber. Good morning, Melanin Honey. Good morning, Sharnisa. Sharnicia, hey girl. Good morning, uh, May Mitchell, Jay Mitchell. Uh, this is your first time watching. I'm seeing new names. Please let me know where you're watching from. Good morning. Thank you for joining. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Nana. Happy Monday. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Naturally and Graham Rising. Good morning, Rose. And everybody else, please go ahead and um, invite them in. Say hello when they come in because we are going to get into it today, honey. Okay. So let me just recap y'all about my weekend. So I was invited last week to a church event. And remember, we had talked, if you are new, 
I have been, we've been reading A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, which we are still going to read and we will be doing book giveaways. So if you want to enter the giveaway, go to BrittanyTheHost.com. Let me see if I can pull it up. Do I have a banner? Do I have a banner? Let's see. We're just going to say join the conversation in the chat box, like, comment, and subscribe. Oh, make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe. Come back every weekday. We go live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Let me see. Do I have um, BrittanyTheHost.com? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I do not. It's okay. Go to BrittanyTheHost.com and enter to get your free book. We are giving away this book. It is A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. But we have been reading this book. And um, we had been talking about getting back into church. Now, me personally, I have been watching church online for a while. The last physical church I remember going to, to be honest, is when I lived in New York, from what I remember. I may have visited a church or two, but the only one that I frequented was when I lived in New York. And if y'all know, you've been following me for a while, that was a while ago. No, no, that's not true. I went to church in San Antonio. But since I've been in Atlanta, you know, moved to Atlanta, pandemic, I have not been to a physical church. I have been doing church online. One Church LA, shout out to them, Pastor uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts, Torrey Roberts, and all of that. So I have been talking, and we have been talking about going into physical church. Y'all, if you, if, th- if you have been thinking about it, this is your sign. Join a physical church. If you live in the Atlanta area, good morning, you guys, and want a physical church, DM me. I will not say what church I go to now in public. We just not going to do that. For, uh, but if you are my morning motivators and you are my fam, DM me and I will tell you what church I go to so that we can get you into church. Okay. Cause when I say I had, I was invited to a church. I went to a church event. If you follow me on Instagram, you guys seen the church event on my story and it was really cool. Everybody was like around our age. They were, you know, wasn't too old, wasn't too young. It was, I was like, okay, I like this. Everybody was so friendly. Um, it was really welcoming, especially me not knowing anybody. I really enjoyed, uh, it was like a, a like a day at the park, right? So it was really, really fun. It was like a friends and family event. We did that. And I was like, okay, I like this. I like the vibe. So let's go to the church, y'all. When I say the Lord was in the house that day, okay, Sunday, it was transforming. And I swear the preacher was talking to me and a whole bunch of other people. And basically what he told us is he was like, we got to stop playing. Like church is no longer, and this is the word I got, right? So they were saying church is no longer, you know, you come, you get fed by the pastor and that's it. He was like, God is sending prayer warriors and warriors out to touch his people. It is not just going to be at the church anymore. He has called a lot of y'all to do the work. And man, I was spoken over all of that stuff. I can't get into the details because, you know, it's between me, the Lord and the church. You know what I mean? But what I will say is I feel called. I feel called to continue to do what I'm doing, but in a more direct God Christian way. So I used to be like, you know, whatever, free flowing. I'm sorry, I'm changing. And if I've ever said anything to conflict what the word says or um, anything that just wasn't right, I apologize. You know, I'm learning and growing and we all are on our journey. But I again, I apologize. I ain't doing that no more. Okay, so that's from my heart. (laughs) So moving forward. We are, this is a Christian show. We're going to be talking about God, Jesus, all of that. We've already done it, but it is what it is. This is, this is what I've been called to do. This is what I've been called to talk about. And I'm not, I'm not weighing no more on what my mission is anymore. I I felt it, prayed about it, saw it, everything. Now I do want to go back and read chapter 24 
in this because it was really, really, it called me to reread it. And we read it on Morning Motivation, but I kind of skimmed. I was kind of like, eh, wasn't really feeling it, but I was moved. So we're going to do that again. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. So what I wanted to tell you guys before we get into the reading and the word and all of that is, man, um, if you are a warrior and you are called or you feel God is calling your heartstrings or you feel God is pulling you closer to him or you're feeling weighed, it is time. Like there's something going on. I have no what it, I have no idea what it is, but there's something going on and God's children are being called. So if you are feeling moved to teach, preach, um, if you are called to get into your word, if you cannot hear God and you're trying to figure out your relationship, jump into your word, jump into reading your Bible more. We are going to get into it. Um, one thing I will say is there's a lot of deception in the world. When I say that, I mean, you see memes and people saying, oh, whatever is meant for you is meant for you. You know, God, nothing is going to pass you by. That is not true. OK, that is not true, ladies and gentlemen. If we are not called, if we do not um, heed to the calling, if you do not listen to what God is calling you to do, if you do not listen to the the pools of your heart. If God is saying, hey, if he's tapping you and saying, hey, I need you to wake up. I, I want you to come closer to me. I need you um, to to follow me and do X, Y and Z. If you do not listen, he will move on and go to somebody else. He will send that gift to somebody that is ready, somebody that is going to be called. I used to really say, oh, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. And I'm not I'm not claiming to to say that I'm not going to say and anoint myself. That's not what I'm saying. But I am. I think I'm called to teach and I'm, I'm called to spread the word. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, and what he will do is if you do not answer the call, if you do not follow the guidance, he will move on that blessing to somebody else who is ready because he gives us free will. And the reason and what convicted me to do this is I, we were reading Samuel, first Samuel in church on Sunday and Man, I read it on my own and this really spoke to me. So I wanted to read it to you. So if you guys don't know, where was it? Um, so it says. It's first um, Samuel chapter 15, verse 10. And so let's just give a background before we get into it. So in Samuel, uh, the Israel, the Israel gets its first king, which is Saul. And. Saul, Samuel, God tells Samuel, hey, Samuel, go to go to Saul, which is a king and tell him to destroy the city, the city. I can't pronounce it. Y'all, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm still getting into the to the to the word. Right. But it's uh, Amicalites. He, he says to Samuel, go destroy the Amicalites. If y'all know how to pronounce it, leave it down below. Happy Monday. Um, go to them, destroy the city and, and everything in it, babies, cattle. I, I, I don't want to see that city. I want to see it fall. Go tell Saul to do this. So Samuel goes to tell Saul. It says, um, one day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me. And this is Samuel, first Samuel, verse 15. Yeah. Uh, chapter 15, verse one. It says, one day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, uh, people in Israel. And then he says, uh, now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord from heaven, from heaven's army has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nations of the Amalek, 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 <laughs> for opposing Israel. 
when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the enemy of the Amalekites nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. He said, to go destroy everything, right? Because y'all beefing with Egypt. Go to, I mean, Egypt, they're beefing with uh, Israel. Go destroy them, right? So Saul mobilized his army at telling y'all these names and this bib these biblical uh, regions. I'm, I'm still working on it. God is working on me with that. Uh, so Saul mobilized his army. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to the town of the Amalekites. Amalekites. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> and lay and lay in the weight of the valley. Saul sent sent this warning to the Cantonites: move away from where the Amalekites live, for you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all of my people of Israel when they came from Egypt. So the Canton, Cantonites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilica. Havilica. Y'all, child, have a look all the way to Sir, Sir of East of e East of Egypt. He captured Engad, the Am Amicalites king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men separated, excuse me, spared Andrews. Y'all, these dang biblical names, child. <laughs> uh, spared Agad's life and kept the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, fat calves, and the lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them, they destroyed only what was worthless or poor quality. Okay, so God told Sa Saul, God told Samuel to tell Saul, hey, destroy everything. What Saul ended up doing is he slaughtered everything but the stuff that he thought was worthy. He kept all of the, the good calves. He kept all of the good lambs. He kept all of the goat, sheep, and cattle. Here it goes. So then it says, the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king. For he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel, uh, Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this, he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul and told him Saul went into uh, to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went into town, town of the Carmel, town of Carmel and sat upon the move, the monument to himself. So Saul thought he was big stuff at this point. Saul, Samuel up here looking for Saul, which is the king and the king then went all the way up trying to make monuments of himself because he thought he was big stuff. He thought he had did what the Lord told him to do and, and was trying to immortalize himself through this statue. And it says Saul went to the town of Carmel and set up a monument of himself, and he went on to Gilead. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have cried out the Lord's, I have carried out the Lord's commandment. So he thought that he did what he was supposed to do. He was like, look, I did it. Look, and I kept all of this stuff because this is what I'm going to sacrifice to the Lord, okay? This is what I'm going to do. And then it says, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all, he said, then uh, Samuel said, then what is all the beating of the sheep, goats, and lowering the 
and the cattle out here. He was like, well, if you did what God told you to do, why do I hear all these animals over here? What's going on? Samuel demanded. He said, it's true. This is Saul. It is true that the army uh, spared the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to be sacrificed to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. And then Saul said, well, what did he say? Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself. Mm, he said, though you may think your little self, you are not a leader of the tribe of Israel. Are you not the leader of tribe of Israel? So he's saying like, you're the king. Why aren't you listening to the God, to God? So the Lord has anointed you as the king of Israel. And the Lord sent you a mission and told you, go completely destroy the sinners of the Amicalites until they are all dead. So we are reading Samuel verse 15. And this is just basically a story of if we do not listen to God's word. If we do not listen to what he has called us to do he will not be pleased. Okay. And it says, haven't you obeyed? He said, haven't you obeyed the Lord? This is Samuel talking to Saul. Why did you rush from the plunder and what was evil in the Lord's sight? But, I, and then Saul says, but I did obey God. He said, insisted, I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agate and destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought the best sheep best cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord God and Gilead. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. The submission is better than offering of fat, the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and the subordinate and the subordinates of a bad as bad as worshiping idol, as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the commandment of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul pleaded forgiveness. Then Saul admitted, and this is verse, this is 15 and 24. Then Saul admitted to, Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's commandments for I, I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please forgive me for my sins and come back with me and may I worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's commandments, he has rejected you as the king of Israel. As Samuel turned away, Saul tried, tried to hold back and tore, tore his robe. Then Samuel said, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else. Uh, one who is better than you and he who and he who is is the glory of Israel will not lie nor change his mind nor have he for he is not human and he should not change is not human and he should not change his mind then Saul pleaded again I know I have sinned but please at least honor me before the elders of my people before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord, your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him. And then it goes on to Samuel going, God telling Samuel to go find the new king, which is now David. Good morning, you guys. So what this did is really showed me that if you do not listen, and this is what it's called. That's why I told you guys, go read the Bible for yourself, figure out what 
God is calling you and telling you to do. But what this story told me and showed me is that if we do not do what God has called us to do, if we do not do what God has said, there is no, oh, it's okay. You can, you know, figure it out later. And what, what's meant for you won't pass you by. No, he gives us all free will. He gives us all free will to do exactly what we want to do. But when he has called us to do something, when he has called us to live a certain way, when he has called us to certain missions, it is our duty to fulfill those missions or he will move on and give that blessing to somebody else. Saul kind of did what he wanted to do. He thought he was doing the right thing. And that's the same. That's something that's kind of a little scary about walking in God and, and doing what we feel is right. You know, there have been times where I thought I was doing the right thing. But just reading that, like you can think that you're doing the right thing, but if you are not executing exactly how God has called you to be, that's why we have to have a relationship. That's why we have to read our word. That's why we have to pray, uh, meditate on the word. And we're going to get into that. If you are struggling with that, we're going to get into that in chapter 24 of a purpose driven life and how we do that. But if we are not doing what God has called us to do, he will move on and find someone else. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to get up there. And he tell me he's disappointed and he moved on and, 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 and gave my gift to somebody else or gave the mission to somebody else. Because 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 Saul was not steadfast and what God told him to do, God said, you know what? I'm really disappointed. I even made you king. You know, they say God makes no mistakes. I don't think God made a mistake, but God admitted he was like, I'm sorry I even made you king because you disobeyed me. You did not follow my instructions. You just what you did what you wanted to do. You were trying to sacrifice. I ain't tell you to do that. I told you to go to that city and slaughter every single thing, but you did what you wanted to do. So he told Samuel, go ahead and pick another king. And that's when David came along. And what the preacher told us on Sunday is Samuel was so worried about the small things. That's why Samuel told, or excuse me, Saul was worried about the small things. Saul was worried about doing his own thing, trying to please man, trying to walk amongst the people and and be pleasing and, and making statues of himself when when Samuel asked Saul didn't like aren't you not the king of Israel has not God has God not called you so really ask yourself like what has God called you to do didn't he not make us his children good morning didn't he not call us to follow him read our word be out here be like Christ go spread the word of God did he not call us? But we so worried about brunch. We so worried about having the latest fashions or the most aesthetic homes and 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 trying to keep up on Instagram and trying to have this, you know, 24 inch. bunk. we we so focused and worried about small things that we're so distracted. And I've been there. So I'm not you know, I'm not holier than now. But I really feel like God is calling all of us to get focused because if we do not do it, he's going to move our blessings on to somebody else. He's going to then give our blessings, you know, everything he has called us to do to somebody else. And when I say blessings, it's not about what we can get. You know, it's not about, OK, if I do this and this and this and this, that I'll get it. That might be a part of your mission, but maybe not. It's not about that. It's not about what we can get. It's about how are we obeying God? How are we are reading our word, obeying our word and, and doing the things that are pleasing in our, our sight? But sometimes we're so focused on the small things, just like Saul. You know, we so focused on making this person happy, making our booze happy, making the kids happy, you know, doing all this little stuff 
You know, uh, the preacher said on Sunday, he said, some men are so distracted. They just chase and tell. We just chasing small stuff, worried about not to say that we shouldn't look good because when we look good, we feel good and we're presenting ourselves as people of Christ. But, you know, we so worried about getting this man and, and doing this and looking like this and having this outfit and this Instagram post. We're so focused on the small that we're missing the big. We're missing the big picture. We're missing on what God has called us to do. We're missing on how we're supposed to be out here in the world, really showing people that we are God's children, really showing people that we're on a mission to evolve and change. And if you have, you feel like you, you're trying and you've been there, it's cool. Keep, keep reading, keep pushing. But I don't want God, I don't want to miss out on God's purpose for my life. I don't want to miss out on our mission. And it's different. It's a journey. It took me a while to get here. I'm happy I, it did, but no telling what I was missing. No, no telling what blessings passed me over because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And if we don't listen to our word, if we don't read our word, if we don't get it in good with God, we may miss it. You know, if we don't hear the whispers, if we don't listen, then we may miss it. So I don't want us to miss it. So here we go. We're going to reread Transformed by the Truth, chapter 24. It says, um, People need more than bread uh, than their life of God. Excuse me. People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word. And it's Matthew 4 and 4. And I went back and read this chapter. And this is when Jesus was talking to the devil. When he was on his fast 40 days and 40 nights in the, in the wilderness, the devil came to God and was tempting him. Or excuse me, he came to Jesus and was tempting Jesus. He kept saying, hey, if, if, you, if you are the son of God, like you say you are, change these, these stones into bread. And Jesus didn't have nothing to prove to the devil. Jesus was like, oh, man can't feed off that alone. He needs to feed off the word of God. So that's what he was talking about. Then the, then the devil tempted him and said, look, he took him to the mountaintop and he said, look, you see all of that? I'll give it, I'll give it all if you kneel down to me. And what was interesting when I was listening to that, when I was reading that and I contemplated now time, I feel like a lot of people have, even though it might not be a physical form of the devil that they have down, bound down to, but it's the temptation, it's the glitz and the glam. They have sold their soul for fame, popularity. It's just a lot of wickedness going on in the world. So, you know, read it, read Matthew 4 and 4 and see how it speaks to you. Good morning. And let me know what you guys think in the comments. Let me know. I want to see if anything has moved you recently. Are you being called? Have you been reading your Bible? Have there been things that have been spoken out to you that you feel that you are called to do? And if not, this is this chapter 24 in a purpose-driven life is a great guide in how to get back into it. Okay. So it says people need more than bread for their lives. They must feed on every word of God. So it says the truth transforms us. Spiritual growth is the process of replacing lies with the truth. Jesus prayed, sacrificing them, uh, oh, excuse me, sanctifying them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Sanctification requires revelation. The spirit of God uses the word to make us like the son of God. To become more like Jesus, we must fill our lives with his word. The Bible says through the word that we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. The only way, especially as Christians, can't speak for every other religion, but if you claim yourself as Christian, if you have uh, claimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the way you get to your mission, the way you know God more is through your word. There is no way around it. 
it's it's easy to lean on your own understanding. And I was doing that for a while. It's easy to just take pieces that we've heard. It's easy to hear certain things or be moved a certain way. And again, everybody's journey is different. So just be mindful of what God is calling you. I can't tell you when that is, but you have to be very mindful of when God is pulling you and God is calling you. Be tapped into your spirit, be tapped into your soul. But it says the Bible says through the word we are put together to shape together and shaped up for the task God has for us. God's word is like any other word. It is alive. Jesus said the word that has that I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. When God speaks, things change. Everything around you, all of the creation exists. God said, God said it. He spoke it to all. He spoke it all into existence. Without the without God's word, you would not even be alive. Okay, so as James pointed out, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so that we might so that we might be most important of all things that he made. The Bible is far more than doctor, a doctoral guidebook. God's word generates life, creates faith, produces chains, change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, impairs joy, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, and cleanses our minds brings things into being and guarantees our future forever. We cannot live without the word of God. As Christians, we need it. I know that, you know, I've said in the past, you know, oh, do your own thing. Can't do it, y'all. I'm, I'm telling you from what I was called and told this past weekend, we cannot do it without the word. If we are claiming ourselves as Christians, I impel you to get a physical Bible to go get a physical Bible, either from a bookstore. I need to get a new one because every time I touch this thing, it just keeps crumbling and falling apart. But I need to get a new one. Um, but we cannot live without his word. His word is called. It calls us. We have to meditate on it, meaning read, you know, sit on it, write it out. And when I say read, get a physical Bible. The reason why I what I've noticed when it comes to the digital Bibles, the digital Bibles are cool, right? They're cool for the prompt. They're cool to go through. They're cool to repost. The thing is, is we get easily distracted from our phones, you know, and I think that that, you know, with everything good, a little, a little, a little evil is sprinkled in too. Is is there's duality with everything that happens, right? Yes, we get the internet, so we can do things like this. We get so many uh, great things from the internet. However, when I was in church, everybody had their phones, right? When God said, "Hey, turn to this," I was the only one that I saw. I don't know about the whole church; it was just only in my little sector. I was the only one that I saw that had their their books out. And the thing about having a physical book with you is that you're not distracted by going on other apps and looking at other things. When I looked around during service, I saw a lot of people on their phones mindlessly scrolling. It's kind of like, in my personal opinion, it's a little like mind control. If you guys ever seen, there's a documentary called um, The Social Dilemma. And all of the creators of like Facebook, Instagram, all of the social networks, a lot of the CEOs and people who used to work for these companies were on there. And they said that they, when they created it, they can't even control it themselves. The way they created these algorithms, the way they created the apps to, 
to program our brains are kind of programmed for the dopamine hits that we get when we get likes or when we're scrolling. There's something euphoric about doing this motion of seeing different things and scrolling. And if you guys know, especially people that really enjoy TikTok, your intention span gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. So when you physically have a book and you're physically reading it, you're far less to be, you know, you're far more impaired to be distracted. You can open it up. You can highlight. You can write. And now I even got an iPad because I was like, oh, I want an iPad because I want to be able to take notes and have everything in one place. Y'all, no, it's not the same. (laughs) I know that we are moving in the technology era where paper is starting to be eliminated. But I really encourage you guys, when you get a Bible, get a physical one, get a physical notebook that you can take notes and write out your your goals and your daily affirmations and your the things that you're thankful for because there's something different about physically writing. It's something detaches from your spirit, I believe, when you are, it's so di- everything is so digital. So having physical books, that's why I give away physical books. I don't do a giveaway with digital books. I highly recommend getting a physical book so you can be in your word and you're less distracted. You can put your phone on the other side of the room and you're taking notes by hand. Uh, I prefer, yeah, physical is way, 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 way better. You're Like I said, you're just far less distracted. And um, even take it with you to church. I know it's cumbersome. Get you a little bigger purse, put it in there, <laughs> and take it with you. Um, Ashley said, God has been calling me for a while. I wasn't going to watch today, but now you are teaching the Bible. He is not playing with me. No, 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 no. He is not playing no more, y'all. For whatever reason, he is calling his children. He is calling those who are ready. If you're not ready, he's going to be like, all right, cool. Move out the way. And that's what the and that's what the preacher told us on Sunday. He was like, you can be called and step up and really and and really go hard and go in and go after it. Or he's going to move on like he is not playing with us no more. Y'all, I don't know what's going on in, 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 in in the spiritual realm. I don't know what's going on between the heavens and the earth. But as you guys can see, the earth is is changing rapidly, very, very quickly. So whatever we are called to do, I need y'all. I need us to wake up. I need us to get in our word. I need us to really, really be be ready to go. And I understand it can be scary. Like this book even talks about it and I'll get into it a little bit. It can be scary. It can be annoying to be like, dang, I can't do that. I can't do that no more. I can't Mm-mm. Y'all, we can't. Something is going on. I don't know, but um, we we can't we can't be we can't be what is it called bystanders anymore. We can't just tiptoe through life anymore. At least not for me. You got to know when you're called. You got to know what God is telling you to do. But we cannot be. I don't even want to say this, but they used to call it pee footing around. Somebody give me um, <laughs> somebody give me another word. <laughs> we can't be um. We can't be, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Give me somebody, give me some, give me a phrase. <laughs> we can't be complacent with it anymore. At least not for me. I can't tell y'all what y'all got to do. I could only tell y'all what I was told. And from what my preacher told all of us and what I've been called, I can't, we can't be silenced. We can't be tiptoeing around it. We got to go after it. And we have to call as many people that will listen to, to lean forward and get into our word. Uh, Linda says, I read the Bible to my daughter before we go to sleep. I also add her to the list of books we read for her school list. I love it. Um, 
May says I was watching Sarah Jakes yesterday. This is it was so refreshing. I cried real hard. Come on, D said walking on eggshells. Not really walking on eggshells. Good morning, Norma. Not so much walking on eggshells, but we need to really step up. I, I I believe at least I can't tell y'all. I know I need to. I am and I have and I will. So it says God's word is the spiritual nourishment you must have to fulfill your purpose. If you are a Christian and you feel you are called, there is no way around it. We got to be in our word. We got to be in our Bible. We have to pray, read, meditate. It's just a part of it. It ain't no getting around it. We can't do one without the other. Okay. It says abiding in God's word. There are more Bible prints than, than ever before, but the Bible on the shelf is worthless. Millions of believers are plagued with spiritual anorexia, starving to death from spiritual malnourishment. To be healthy disciples of Jesus, feeding on God's word must be your first priority. If you are a Christian and you are called, it doesn't matter if you are called. If you're a Christian, we got to be in the word, period. Jesus called it uh, abiding. He said, if you are if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. In the day-to-day -day living, abiding in God's words includes three activities, okay? I must accept its authority. The Bible must become one of the authoritative standards in your life, the compass I rely on for direction, the, the counsel I listen to for making wise decisions, and the benchmark I use for evaluating everything, when I, money, people friendships, uh, how you move around the world. It says I use to evaluate everything. The Bible must also always have the first and last word in my life. So one thing I would do, especially if you guys have been around for a while, I was kind of like, eh, you know, about it. But one thing that hit me when I was reading today, or I was, I was, I was meditating on God's word. I was like, God, I, I hear you. And I know I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to lean on it, but sometimes I'm so conflicted. And one thing that came over me was God's verse that says, do not lean on your own understanding. It says, do not lean on your own understanding. If somebody knows about that scripture, look, here come the devil. Here come the devil. Y'all get a job. A little nasty. Here come the devil. See, as soon as you talk about Jesus, and as soon as you try to get people on the word, here come the devil being nasty. <laughs> Trying to distract my folk. Attract God's people. Um, but it has to be the benchmark of everything. So one thing that came to me, because I, I do get conflicted sometimes, like even reading that when I was just like, dang, God, you wanted to destroy a whole city, babies, what the little lambs do, what the babies do, you know, and there's some things that we will just not understand because God's level of understanding and what he sees and his purpose and how he's moving pieces around is far beyond our understanding. We're only humans, right? So when I was contemplating, I was like, God, I, I hear you. I know I'm supposed to be in the word and I'm reading this and I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, but it, it, like, this is not the God I was told you were like, why are you doing? It? And it, it just came over me and said, do not lean on your own understanding. If you are called, you have to be in your word. You have to meditate. You have to study. You have to read and do the things that I have called you to do. So that says it has to be the benchmark of everything I use for evaluating everything. The Bible must always have the first and last word of, of my life. Many of our troubles occur because we base our choices on unreliable authorities like culture. Culture is so wishy-washy, okay? Culture, everybody is doing it. Tradition, we have always done it like this. Reason, it seems logical. That was something that I was doing. Like, I was like, that doesn't seem logical. Like, that don't make sense. Um, or emotion, it just felt right. 
You know, we do that too. At least I did. All four of these are flawed by the fall. What we need is perfect understand, perfect standard that will never lead us in the wrong direction. Only God's word meets that need. Solomon reminds us every word of God is flawless. And Paul explains everything in the scripture is God's word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people for the for correcting them and showing them how to live. It says in early years of, of ministry, uh, Billy Graham went through a time where he struggled with doubts about the accuracy and the authority of the Bible. Y'all, so did I. OK, I did, too. Um, one moonlight night, he dropped to his knees in tears and told God and told God that in spite of confusing passages, he did not understand. From that point on, he would completely trust the Bible and as sole authority of it, of it for his life and ministry. From that day forward, Billy's life was blessed with an unusual power of and effectiveness. The most important decision that you can make today is to settle this issue, what will and ultimately be the authoritative figure of your life. And I really, I was struggling with that. If y'all been on the morning motivation, y'all, I was struggling. I was just like, I hear you. I hear it. But, you know, leaning on my own understanding, leaning on the world and, and feelings and all of that. But I have decided that it is what it is. If God is calling me, if this is my religion, if this is what I choose to do, that this is what I this is what I have to do. And it's something interesting that in here it said that um, and I really want you to get this book because sometimes it's not enough time. And it says. It says it talks about that. It says it's not a religion, it's a way of life. You know, Christianity and being called a Christian and walking in God is not a religion. It's a way of life and the way that we go about everything. Okay, so it says determine to first ask what the Bible says when making decisions. Revolve, resolve, uh, what, resolve that when God says to do something, you will trust God's word and do it whether whether or not it makes sense to you or you feel like doing it. I believe every it says Paul, excuse me, adopts Paul, adopt Paul's statement as your personal affirmation of faith. I believe everything that agrees with the law and that is written in the uh, prophets. So it says I must assolimate its truth. It is not enough just to believe in the Bible, but I must fill my mind with it so that the Holy Spirit can transform me with the truth. There are five there are five ways to do this. You can receive it, read it, research it, remember it and reflect on it. First, you receive God's word when you listen and accept it with an open and receptive attitude. Uh, the par the parable of the of the sower illustrates how our representative, excuse me, receptiveness determines whether or not God's word takes root in our lives and bears fruit. Jesus identifies three unreceptive attitudes. Uh, a closed mind, which is hard soil, a superficial mind, shallow soil, and a distracted mind, soil with weeds. Remember the phones. And then he said, consider carefully how you listen. It is no wonder that we do not grow. We can't watch television for three hours, then read the Bible for three minutes and expect to grow. You all, we have to start reading 
We have to be in our word. We have to hear God's voice in order to grow. There is no way around it. Okay. Many who claim to believe the Bible, have read the Bible from cover to cover, have never read it from cover to cover. <laughs> it says, but if you read the Bible just 15 minutes a day, you will read completely through it once a year. If you cut out 30 minutes of television, pro television programming a day and read your Bible instead, you will have read through the entire Bible twice a year. Daily Bible reading will keep you in range of God's voice. So when some people say that they haven't heard God's voice, they feel like they're away from God or they have they they're struggling with hearing God's voice. You guys, that part of it is reading the Bible. This is why God's instructions instructed the king of Israel to keep a copy of his word word nearby. He he God said this. He should keep it with him all the time and read it from read from it every day of his life. But do not just keep it near you. Read it regularly. The third is researching or studying. The Bible is, an, is another practical way to abide in the word. The difference between reading and studying the word involves two additional activities. Asking questions from the text and writing it down. Y'all remember the physical writing. Taking notes is one thing in your, in your phone. But writing it down, it just it does something to you psychologically and spiritually. Writing down your your thoughts on a paper, it says, or computer. I like I like paper. Um, then it says, because I got to hurry a little bit. You will discover far more if you pause and ask simple question. Ask who, what, when, where, why, how. The Bible says, truly, truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law and make people that makes people free and they continue to study it. They do not forget what they have heard, but they obey what God teaches, teaching saying or teaching says those who do do this will be will be made happy. The fourth way to abide in God's word is remembering it. Your capacity to remember is God's given as a God given gift. OK, let's see what you guys are saying. OK, um, I think I read that one. Linda says, move with a sense of urgency. Absolutely. So again, if you guys are called to come forward, strengthen your relationship, I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's, it's, it can be a little, it can be like, dang, I can't do this no more. I can't do that no more. I can't do that no more. Mm -mm. Um, it says no other habit can do more transform, trans, can, okay. <laughs> No other habit can do more to transform your life and make you more like Jesus than daily reflections on scripture. Serious reflection on God's truth is the key to answering your prayers and the secret to successful living. All right. And it talks about meditating on God's word. I really encourage you guys, if you guys want the Purpose Driven Life book, this is really, really good. The link is down below. And then I wanted to read a particular part because I have a whole lot a whole lot here outlined. So make sure you guys get your copy. If you guys want to win a copy, go ahead and go to BrittanyTheHost.com and enter the free book giveaway. It's a pop-up that comes up there and you will be entered to win if you want to win a copy. Let's see. There's something that I wanted to read to you guys because it talked about struggling with this. Let's see. 
Hmm. Sorry, guys. Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to read this. I must apply its principles. Receiving, reading, research, remembering, and reflecting on the word are all useless if we fail to put them into practice. We must become doers of the word. This is the hardest step of all because Satan fights it too intensely. All right. So every time you try to step forward, good morning. Every time you try to step forward, every time you try to try to live better, every try, every time you try to be a better person, the person God calls you to be, y'all new level, new devil. Here you come. You know, we was talking about God heavy today and here come a little nasty in the comments. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what happens. It's a part of the process. But when you're armored with the word, when you know what God has called you to do, when you have your mind made up and you are set, it is what it is. Okay, so it's the Bible, uh, let's see. It says, you forget in one, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We fool ourselves when we assume that just because we have heard or read or studied a truth, we have internalized it. Actually, you can be so busy going to the next class or seminar or Bible conference that you have no time to implement what you've learned. You forget it on the way uh, to your next study. Without implementation, all of our Bible studies are worthless. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. Jesus also pointed out that, that God's blessing comes from obeying the truth, not just knowing it. So we have to be in, in, in a consistent obeyal. We have to deny ourselves, deny the things of the world, deny, 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 and making sure that we're walking in God's truth. And ultimately, it might be like, oh, I can't do this. But ultimately, when you really start, at least for me, when you really start obeying God and really start focusing on the word, all of the other stuff just becomes like, I'd rather not. You know what I mean? It's just like it used to be fun, like the things that you used to do, the things that you used to want to do when you're called or you feel like God is calling you to do something else. And the more you read and the more you understand and you get closer to that relationship, it's just like being in a relationship, right? The more that you're in a relationship with a person, the less likely you are to want to be with other people. It's like the lore goes away, like you're not really interested in talking because you don't want to jeopardize your 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 significant other. You know, and if you don't have that, then you might need to do some little work internally, okay? Because you should be faithful if you decided to be with somebody. But I think the same thing happens when we develop our relationship with God. The more we develop it, the more we strengthen it, the less we are prone to want to do those things because we know that there are no fruit there. Like, if you know that you're going to be broke if you do this activity, you're less likely to spend your money in that regard, right? If you know that, this investment is not going to bear you any fruit. It's not going to grow your investment. Then you'll spend less time doing it. At least that's how I feel. Like, why do those activities when I know that those activities are not going to bear the fruit that I need to get closer to God, to bring me closer to my purpose and ultimately make me into the person God has called me to be? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it says another reason we want to avoid personal application. Wait, another reason we avoid personal application is that we can, it can be difficult or even painful 
The truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. Okay. Like I said, if you're going through the transition, everything is not going to be comfortable. Everything is, you might be like, dang, I can't do that no more. You know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, be freaky with that man. I can't do that no more. It says the truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. God's word exposes our motives, points out our flaws, rebukes our sin, and expects us to change. We cannot be the same when you have called yourself a Christian, when you have called yourself to the word, when you have called yourself to be God's warriors, you have to change. It's uncomfortable, but it's a part of the process. We got to do it. It is human nature to resist change. So applying God's word is hard work. Uh, this is why it's so important to discuss your personal applications with other people who are like-minded and in Christ. It just says other people, but I say like-minded are in Christ. I've noticed that me and my friends who are connected with God or talk about God on a regular basis are closer than my other friends. And not to say that I have to get rid of my friends and my friends are just horrible people. No, everybody is on their spiritual walk differently. I'm not the type of person that needs to cut every single thing out of my life that's not perfect and holy. And, and no, 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 no. I still love those people. I still have my friends and my family who may not be on their journey like me. No judgment. Everybody's journey is different. I came to this journey at a different time in my life and I give grace. That's not my, that's not my, that is not what God has called me to do. God has not called me to be the judge and call. No, 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 no. Everybody has their own journey. My part of this journey and what I, what I, uh, would pray for you is to get on on your right footing with God. Do what you feel you are called. Read your word. Get to know Him. Start asking God, "What do you want me to do? What have you have What have you called me to do?" And then leading by example. You know, be the change that you want to see. I want people to look at me through my actions, through the things that I post, through through how I carry myself, and just know I'm a Christian. Just know that I am I'm a person that's doing right by just by my actions. Like I don't need to walk in and be like, hey, everybody, I am a changed Christian. Look at me. It's not about that. <laughs> it's about like, oh, there's something different about her. You know, there I see how she walks and she acts and she interacts with people and the things she put. Oh, that's that's a that's a person of God. You know what I mean? Like I want my actions to speak louder than my words. I want my actions and my daily habits and my consistency and my discipline to speak louder than my words. And I see that through the fruit I bear with my coaching clients. If you guys need help with this in any way, I do offer one on one coaching. The link is down below. Schedule a 30 minute free session to see if we are a good fit. But some of the work that I do with my clients, I see it in my fruit. I see the things that I'm doing in my clients, but in my own life as well, things that I need to move around, shift, adjust, and change. But the way I start is by being faithful, consistently reading, consistently being in my word. Um, like the like the book said, meditating on your word, meaning read it and absorb it and really think about it. Not meditate and just let your mind, you know, wonder carefully carelessly through the word, but really meditate on it. Ask God questions, ask God to reveal certain things to you. Ask God, what does he want you to do with this? What does this mean? And today, if you guys were late, we read Samuel um, 15 through 30, uh, verse 15 through 30, one through 30, about how Saul did not obey God's word and how God moved on his blessing to somebody else. Saul was the king of Israel uh, of Israel, and he did not do what God told him to do. So God said, you know what? 
I ain't got time for Saul next. And, and that's when David became the next king of Israel. There's more to it. I definitely encourage you guys to read it. It's Sam, 1 Samuel 15. Go down, read it, see how God speaks to you. Um, man, and, and it's just, we don't, I don't want to be distracted by little things anymore. I don't want to be held back from my gift or what God has called me to do. And so I highly encourage you guys to, to read the word, see how God is speaking to you. If God has called you to be a warrior, the time is now. I, I, I get I get it. Everybody's you know thing is different, but I encourage you to lean into it. I encourage you to lean into it. Marjorie said, for myself, the word helps me get closer to God and increases my faith in him. I also want to understand uh, what I'm reading so that I can find other scriptures to compare it and look up meanings. Absolutely. I love that. And that's a part of studying. You know, when you get somewhere and you, you come across a chapter, study it. One thing that I love about the Bible, at least in mine, and I have a New Living Translations Bible, um, which I recommend. I'm not a, I can't do the, the what is it called? The King James. King James, I can't understand it. <laughs> So I encourage you guys to get a translation that works for you. But one thing I love about it is there's a summary in front and this summary in front of every scripture in my Bible. And I believe a lot of Bibles have this. It gives you a summary of what's going on. So it says they don't know who wrote it. Sometimes it's the author. And what I love about knowing who wrote that is because you know what type of person they were and where what journey they were on and what was going on with them for them to read and have that perspective because every book is written um, by somebody different, but they don't know who wrote first Samuel. And it, they say they believe it was around a thousand BC. So this was before Christ, a thousand years before Jesus. And then it also says the choices people make says a lot about their character. This is the content of this scripture. It says of, of Samuel. It says the choices people make says a lot about their character. The book of first Samuel is full of full of choices, some good and some bad. The first significant choice in one Samuel is made by Hannah, a woman who was unable to have children. She chose to cry out to God for a child. God heard her prayers and granted her request. Grateful to God for his goodness, Hannah dedicated her child to the Lord, which was Samuel. Um, for the from the time he was born. So Samuel grew up around priests at the tabernacle at the tabernacle. And eventually he himself became a leading priest near the end of Samuel's life. The Israelites rejected Samuel's son as a judge over Israel and asked to appoint a king over them. Samuel warned the Israelites that the king would op oppress them, but they chose to have one anyway. When God be like, all right, when people, you know, sometimes we'd be like, hey, these are the risks. And we'd be like, oh, well, we want to do it anyway. God always gives us a choice. So always remember that. So this is a book about choices. Thus begun the history of the Israel of the Israel's king. Samuel anointed a tall, handsome man named Saul to be Israel's king, Israel's first king at the first. At first, Sam, Saul appeared to be. Excuse me. At first, Saul appeared to make some good decisions, but as soon as he began to make some very bad choices and God brought to the end of his reign. OK, David, a shepherd from Bethlehem, was chosen to take Saul's place. Saul made several attempts 
on David's life. But at the end of the book, Saul and his son are dead and the and David is in line to become the next king. So that's what I love about, um, you know, Bibles like this is like it gives you a whole synopsis of the content of the stories that you're about to read. So if at any time, you know, you want to just get a little synopsis of what the actual book is, some Bibles have this little um, basically like just the content summary breakdown. So I love that. So make sure you guys are reading. We read Samuel, 1 Samuel 15 today, and we read again chapter 24 of A Purpose Driven Life. The link is down below if you want to get a copy. There are so many different versions. They all have different covers too. Um, so don't be, don't hesitate if you see like a tree. It's like black, white with like green and red spots or something like that. Um, and the last comment of the day, uh, the application Bibles are good too. Okay. Thank you. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. I hope you got a word out of this. Share. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Share this video with anybody who you th may think may need it. I pray that you guys continue to walk in whatever God has called you to do. Um, God is calling his warriors up to the plate. And, and if we do not answer the call, you guys, he's going to move on and give our blessings to somebody else. So if you are called, if you feel like this is something that you are, you're going to do, talk to him, read your word, pray about it. If you guys need any help in any other areas of life, it doesn't always have to be religious or spiritual. I am here for that as well. But you guys can link a 30 minute free session with me. I am a certified life, certified life coach and I can help you with areas of, of feeling like you lack confidence, areas of maybe you do want to get closer to God and you do want to pray more. I can help you with that. Or maybe you're going through something else in life that's keeping you distracted, keeping you away from your purpose, or maybe you're dealing with fear or whatever the case may be. Book a 30 minute free session with me to see if we are a good fit, see if I can help you and we can get you started on your journey. Okay. Thank you so much, you guys. I love you guys. Have a beautiful, 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 blessed day. Happy Monday. Keep reading your word. Keep leaning on God. And I will see you guys tomorrow. We go live at 8 a.m. Eastern for morning motivation. No problem. Thank you guys so much. Have a beautiful day. I love you. God loves you and stay blessed. Bye y'all.